1: You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: We're off to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett, our resident vet, joins us. Good afternoon to you, Jane.
0: Good afternoon, Patricia. I
2: was thinking of you this morning when I was going through the papers and I came across a gorgeous story. It's from a family in Bangor in County Down who've been reunited with their pet cat Blueberry who went missing more than four years ago. Now, seemingly this cat, she was found in Galway. So she went from Bangor in County Down down to Galway. And it seems this cat had the habit and was prone to jumping into vans and cars. So they reckon... A neighbour, she got into a neighbour's van, took off and of course they didn't know where the cat was and they went searching and searching and then they gave up completely. They thought they wouldn't have a hope of getting their cat, cat back. And last week, a vet in Galway gave them a ring because the cat had been living as a stray and an elderly man noticed it was sick, picked it up, brought it to a local vet in Moy Colum, who scanned it. It had a microchip and they were able to ring the owners and they got the pet back. And I just thought that is living proof what you're always saying about microchipping, even after four years
0: yeah it's an amazing amount of time and I I suppose my heart breaks for owners you know when when cats stray and they do sometimes stray and sometimes they like to hop in vans and take a little spin to somewhere else and get lost you know getting cats reunited is is really challenging sometimes I think in in dogs it's far more common now that you know microchipping is is routine it's a legal requirement it's not currently a legal requirement in this country to have your cat microchipped but it's really really highly recommended and I think you know stories like that where a cat is reunited 4 years later that would never have happened if that little cat wasn't chipped so taking that simple step to you know visit the vet get your chip your your pet microchipped get the get them registered and keep the registration details up to date really is so so powerful and you know can avoid very very sad endings to these stories and give us happy endings like that so that's a brilliant
2: one It is a good one okay straight into questions hi my poppy is 5 months old and very frightened of everyone and barking at everything cowering when anybody goes near the little poppy to try to rub her. She is a cockapoo uh, and now she started eating the wallpaper when we're out. Help, help, help. Okay, so it's a very <laughs> nervous little puppy.
0: A very nervous little puppy. If we have a cockapoo, they are very intelligent because of the poodle in them. But they also, because of the poodle in them, can tend to be very flighty very kind of anxious they get quite worked up um so not totally unexpected with this breed they can be quite highly strung i think at five months of age we're really in that period where they're still learning about the world you know they've they've kind of they're beginning to exit the true true puppyhood kind of move into the more adolescent phase and the big bad world is quite scary sometimes and sometimes some dogs reaction will to kind of you know be to try and keep things away from them by barking essentially um and it does sound like this pet is quite anxious, fearful. I really think that at this stage, you need to try to gently encourage your pet to relax in situations. And the best way of doing that really is to try and give them a good structure of routine of their day, because pets love routine. You know, that gives them structure and makes them feel almost safe. So they're happier than to deal with the slightly unexpected things that might happen on top of their routine. So make sure their routine every day, as far as possible with your own routine, is very concrete so they get fed at the same time they go out for their walks at the same time they go out for their peas and their poos at the same time they play at the same time so they they know what to expect and I think if you can then slowly try, once they settle a little bit into that, slowly try and introduce them to as many normal things in life as possible. So I suppose, you know, we're, we're kind of leaving that pure puppy stage where they begin to accept everything they're exposed to as normal. So things might be a little bit more challenging now to get them kind of socialized into accepting normal sights and sounds, but it's still absolutely possible. I would think and maybe sit sit with the family and try and draw up a list of everywhere your pet you know, goes in the course of their daily life and the things that they might see or hear or encounter there and um, or and I suppose everywhere you might want to go with your pet. If let's say they haven't been to the seaside before and you want to take them to the seaside, put them put that on the list of things that you need to try and work them up to eventually feeling comfortable with and almost kind of make yourself a, a checklist of things that they need to gently, calmly and very, very gradually be exposed to so that they know that, right, well, I've dealt with this before or I've dealt with this or something similar before it wasn't that scary i live to tell the tale i'm with my family i'm secure and then they might relax they may not bark as much they might not show as much kind of fearful anxious stressful behavior Um, but i really think that getting your home routine down first to give them that sense of security if they are really one of those pets is super highly strung and everything really sets them off you really need to get them used to their home environment and their daily routine first before you start adding things in If you have a particular problem, let's say introducing them to new people or to new pets, again, I would do it very gradually. Um, I wouldn't force them into situations. I think the worst thing you can potentially do with a fearful, anxious, stressed pet is overload them with even more. So don't be tempted to kind of just overexpose them to all of the things that they bark at all at once, because that's probably not going to build their confidence. You just need to build their confidence with you guys at home, build their confidence in their routine, and then slowly kind of drift feed, add the other bits on top and eventually I'm sure you'll make headway but you have got a, a slightly highly strong breed on your hands so it can yeah, be good a luck little with bit
2: it. challenging. Okay, good luck with it. Hi, uh, could you ask um, Jane please about other dog food that I can feed my dog Danny with. Danny has gastrointestinal problems She's 11 e- or he's 11 years old, in good health, otherwise just outside of this stomach issue. He's currently on the Royal Canon, but it's become very expensive. He's a and I'm wondering if there's an alternative that would be a little bit cheaper from Catherine.
0: OK, I am. Um, OK, so this little pet sounds like it has ongoing GI issues and he's under the care of a vet for it. So the particular food that that listener has mentioned there is a, a prescription food by the sounds of it. If it's the one I'm thinking of prescription diets, they are very specific. Um, they tend to be very specific to help manage the problem that the pet has been diagnosed with and that can actually be quite different across various gut diseases so let's say one sometimes one gastrointestinal diet may not fit all depending on what the situation is so I would say first and foremost I'd actually have a chat with your vet about this now I know that can feel a little bit awkward particularly if you do tend to get that particular food from your vet and but really honestly we don't tend to mind talking about these things and we're very very used to dealing with let's say if, there was, uh, if it wasn't feasible for you to keep buying a particular food, we might be able to know of an alternative that might be suitable for your pet situation that might not be quite as pricey. Or we might be able to say, look, this is really the only thing. Is there other things that we can deprioritize in their care that may not be making as much of an impact? Or conversely, is there potential that you know the pet might be able to come off the prescription diet, depending on what the situation with their specific GI disease is? It's very, very individual. Now, there are several brands of these prescription diets available, but they're not totally interchangeable. So that's why I wouldn't, let's say, recommend a specific brand or anything just off the cuff because your own vet is going to be the best person to know what's suitable for your pet, given their clinical history. But please don't be worried about asking them about it. Please don't feel awkward. The vast majority of the time, we're very used to this. We deal with it every day. Yeah, And Um, particularly at the moment
2: with the cost of living uh, costs. And let's just stay on a final one on stomach uh, issues. Uh, A listener to. Two-year-old Labrador Cross has had diarrhoea for the last two days. Could it just be a stomach bug? He seems to be a bit off his food.
0: No, oh, bless them two days if it was just one day and he was otherwise well himself I'd say maybe he's just got a bit of a tummy upset if it's been going on for two days now it could still be a tummy upset but I think the big red flag there is he's a bit off his food I think if he's not feeling otherwise well despite the diarrhea that's a bit of a red flag you probably need to attend the vet now rather than leaving it linger on these little guys I suppose you know diarrhea can can vary from uh, just a slightly stoppy stool to, to pure water. And I think the main thing is that it can make them feel a little bit unwell. It's like, us if we have a, a dicky tummy, you know, we don't feel brilliant. But these little guys... You know, we can't tell them to sit down and drink some water or, or drink some lemonade to try and keep their hydration up. They're not so great at knowing to do that themselves. And these little guys can get quite dehydrated if it's not managed appropriately. Which is, so I'd which say, if he's office food, yeah, go okay. and visit the veterans. All
2: stage. right. And apologies to anybody having lunch at the moment. We leave it there, uh, Jane. Thank you for that. Have a good week. And uh, we'll speak with Jane again next week. That's Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group.